Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 14, 2019. I'm teaching a series entitled Grace and Truth. This is the first Monday uh, or the first part of the sixth week of this series. So this is part 26. So this is the Monday of week six. Um, I'm calling this one Restoring the Holy Spirit. And so what I did on Friday was I gave you kind of like a one over the world where I was teaching almost like from Genesis to Revelation to help kind of tell the story of the Bible, looking at it from a macro perspective so that you could get a better understanding of what it is that the Apostle Paul was teaching about the grace of Jesus and what it is that Jesus came to usher us into. If you don't understand that there was something before the law, then when the Apostle Paul or the Bible says, hey, you're no longer under the law, you're like, oh no, I can't, I can't let that go because you don't understand that that was actually something before that. And so that's what I'm dealing with. I dealt with that on Friday. I'm dealing with that again today. So once again, the two foundational scriptures for this series are John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17. The Bible says in John 1 and 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we were able to behold his glory. It was the only, the glory of the only begotten of the father who came from the father full of grace and truth. In verse 17, the Bible says the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so the way that John wrote that, it lends itself well to some type of comparing contrast between the law that was given through Moses and the grace and truth that came through Jesus Christ. And that's what we've been doing. We've been looking at the differences so that we're not living under the law. If the Bible says don't live under the law, we got to understand what that means. So we study Galatians 3, Galatians 4, Galatians 5. In Galatians 5, I stopped at verse 13. And I want to go back to verse 13 again. But once again, I'm just going to flow in that vein of, I'm going to give you a one over the world so you can get a better understanding. I'm just going to read the first line of verse 13. Galatians 5 and 13, the Passion Bible says, beloved ones, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. God has called us, you and I, to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean though? I mean, like, like what does that really mean? So what does this mean to you today? I'm going to share two things with you this morning. I'm still kind of doing like this big overview. I really want you to kind of get a better understanding of the Bible, a functional understanding so you know how to live today. So two things as it relates to this freedom of the Holy Spirit. You ready? Free yourself of all distractions. Open up your heart to receive. Two things. Number one, whenever you want to know God's original intent for something, then you go to the place in the Bible where he first mentioned it. The, uh, within the rules of biblical interpretation, this is known as the law of first mention. So under the law of first mention, it says, well, if you go to where wherever God first mentioned something, that was his original intent. Now it can be, you know, there may be deviations later. It can get perverted over time and people can twist things and twist the truth. But if you really want to know what God meant, just go to where he first mentioned it. So the first mention of man in the Bible is on the sixth day. This is after God created everything else, the world and everything in it, in five days. And so on the sixth day, God created man. And God placed man in charge of everything that he created. So he made that man in his own image, after his own likeness. And he gave that man kingdom, dominion, power, and authority. This man was supposed to rule down here the way that God rules from up there. And so he was supposed to be a king down here and God would be the king of the kings. He was supposed to be a lord or a ruler down here and God was the lord of the lords. And so he would rule the earth and God would rule over the whole kingdom. And that was the original intent. Now, in order to make this happen, God placed his spirit down inside of the man. God put his own spirit inside of the man. And the Holy Spirit was... Adam's direct connection to the father. So 
At this point, Adam was able to walk with God in the cool of the day. He communicated with the Father directly, spirit to spirit. God is a spirit. And so he's communicating with the Father, spirit to spirit. He's getting downloads from heaven. He's getting downloads that exceeds his education because he, he never went to school. And so that's how he was living. He was not under the law. He was not under the law of Moses. The law of Moses wouldn't come to thousands of years later. So he was naturally supernatural. The supernatural was natural to him. And this is a picture of the way that you and I are supposed to live. This is a picture of what Jesus redeemed us to. Jesus didn't redeem us to Moses. Jesus didn't redeem us to Abraham. Jesus redeemed us all the way back to the God's original intent to Adam, to where we have kingdom, dominion, power, and authority in, the, in this world, in this planet, that where we realize, recognize, acknowledge the fact that we were created in the very image and the likeness of God that we are God's reflection on this planet and that we can now be filled with the Holy Spirit, walk with God, receive downloads from heaven and do whatever he tells us to do. That's how we're supposed to live. That's why Paul said, now forget this whole law stuff. We're supposed to live in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Number two, the law was given to Moses on tablets of stone. And when during that time that the law was given to Moses on tablets of stone, the people didn't have the Holy Spirit because when Adam sinned, he the, the spirit of God was removed no longer was he spirit-led. He was like, oh, what happened? He was resigned to living his life as a mere man. He realized he was naked. Before that, he was so spirit-conscious that he was not even conscious of the fact that he was naked. He was clothed with the glory of God. And so now the Holy Spirit was removed. He was kicked out of the garden. And every human born after Adam was born after Adam, right? Born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So when the, whole, when the law was given to Moses on tablets of stone, during that time, people didn't have the Holy Spirit. So what did they do? They actually built a temple for the Holy Spirit to live in. They built a temple, a building, like a, a, a place for the Holy Spirit to live in. And, and on the temple grounds, there was an outer court, there was an inner court, and then there was the most inner court known as the Holy of Holies. And, and where the Holy of Holies was, that's where the Holy Spirit was. In the Holy of Holies, they placed the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was symbolic or representative of the presence of God. The Holy Spirit sat above the Bema seat, above the Ark of the Covenant, in the Holy of Holies, in that place, right? And no one could go in to visit that place except one man. It was the high priest. And even then, he could only go in once a year on the Day of Atonement. So the high priest, one man, once a year on the Day of Atonement, could go visit the Holy Spirit. That's crazy. So that's the Old Testament. That's the Old Covenant. Why are you trying to hold on to that? So this man, the high priest, once a year, when he walked in to visit the Holy Spirit, what Adam had on the inside of him, he had to go in there with a cable toe around his waist and bells on the edge of his garment. Why? Because since he was the only one authorized to go in there, nobody else could go get him if something happened. And so if he didn't do everything right, going back to rules, right? If he, if he didn't do everything right, like, you know, wash his hands, do the altar, the, the, the burning incense and all of these things. If he, did, if he didn't do everything right and he walked in there, he would die in the presence of God. He would stand in the presence of God and die if he didn't follow all the rules right. This is how regimented the law was. And so he had the, the bells around his garment because if he fell down, they, the people outside, the, uh, the priest in the inner court could hear the bells. Oh, snap, he fell, he's dead. And then they can't go in there to get him because they would die too. So then they took the cable tote and pulled him out because he's dead. Think of 
about that for a minute. That's how regimented the law was. Is that what you're holding on to? Is that what you, you want to live like that? These people went through all of that to visit the Holy Spirit, to visit, to visit what Adam had on the inside of him 24, 7, 365. I mean, think about that. Adam was walking around in the garden with the Holy Spirit on the inside. And so these people had to visit. This whole thing was, was built just so the Holy Spirit could live in there in the temple. Now, on the day that Jesus died, when he's on the cross and he said, it is finished. He said seven things on the cross, but the sixth one was, it is finished. When he said, it is finished, watch this, the veil on the temple, by this point, the temple was no longer tense. It was like a big, huge temple. And the temple was so big that the Holy of Holies had a curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place. And that, that curtain was 30 feet high. And it was very thick. And, and the Bible says that when Jesus said, it is finished, God finished creation on the sixth day, the sixth statement that Jesus made on the cross was, it is finished. There's, there's synergy and everything in the Bible. Anyway, he said, it is finished. When he said, it is finished, the Bible says that the veil, the curtain in the temple that separated everybody else from the Holy of Holies where the Holy Spirit was, that curtain 30 foot high was ripped, the Bible says, from top to bottom, not from the bottom to the top but from the top to the bottom. Why? That means no human could do it. Who's going to go up there and reach 30 foot high and try to rip a, a, a curtain that was super thick anyway? God, God himself reached down. When G, when his son said, it is finished, God reached down and ripped that thing open. Why? Because he was saying the Holy Spirit is no longer going to live in this temple. The Bible says now, Paul said in Corinthians that you are now the temple of God and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So now you don't have to go visit the Holy Spirit oh, above the Bema seat, above the Ark of the Covenant, inside of a temple, in the most holy place and do everything right unless you die. No, now you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you 24 by 7 by 365, just like Adam did. You no longer have to live by those rules. You're living being led of the Holy Spirit. You no longer have to live by commands that are written upon tablets of stone. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and he writes the commands upon the tablet of your heart. This is how we're supposed to live spirit led in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Man, I got a lot more to say about this. And don't tell me, oh, does that mean you can do whatever you want? Does that mean you can sin? No, we're going we're gonna to keep reading Galatians 5 and, Gal and in Galatians 5, the Bible is going to tell us that if we're led of the Holy Spirit of God, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The spirit of God will never lead you contrary to the word of God. So don't try to take grace as a license for sin or a license for laziness. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you, guide you, and direct you in all things. As a new covenant believer, that's how we're supposed to live. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice now and declare this over your life for this Monday morning. Say, Father, thank you for teaching me about your grace, your spirit and your power. I am born again. Your spirit lives in me. I have what Adam had in the garden. I get to walk with you in the cool of the day. I don't have to visit the Holy Spirit in a temple. I am the temple of God and the Holy Spirit lives in me. I enter this day determined to say whatever you tell me to say, to go wherever you lead me to go and to do whatever you tell me to do when I get there. I am blood bought, spirit filled and spirit led 
every day. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. There's a subscribe button. If you subscribe, you're going to get all my notes in your email inbox for free. So sign up, click on those messages and click on that and you'll get my messages in your email for free. Listen, this is a very important message. I know I had some technical difficulties this morning, so you may have to watch this again or whatever. Listen to it while you're driving the car. You got to get this message down in your heart. You are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You now, he's writing the commands of God upon the tablet of your heart. And you're supposed to be led of him every day in every way. This is how we're supposed to live. This is the life of faith. Do me a favor, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline with your friends. I love you. And more importantly, God loves you. Have an amazing day and an amazing week. God bless you.